Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, it's Strictly Mick and Tony. Plus one. As we take a look at the big stories in the news, get serious with sports thoughts, which I forgot to bring, play test Tony, and look at where we find... That's going to test Tony tonight. That really is going to test it. And um, find out what sporting events are happening over Easter. That's the first disaster. We're only up two minutes past seven. This is going to be an interesting Radio New Hook Sport. It's certainly panicking now. He's got to remember what he wrote. Newark Town moved up to ninth in the Central Midlands North Division after an entertaining thrill draw last night against Bentley at Station Road. The Blues' goals coming from a brace from Ruiz Chambers and Leighton Nicholson. 24 hours earlier, RHP Colts beat HWB, that's Highcombe to you and me, 7-0, helped by a brace again from Alfie Price and a brace from Ryan Atwood. Win their last four matches and they're the champions. Nobody can stop them. But quite honestly, it is the running from hell from Gary Atwood's boys. I'll tell you a little bit about that later, but suffice to say, oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Tottenham overcome Manchester City in a Champions League Classic at the Etihad last night. To reach the last four of a tournament for the first time, Fernando Lolento's goal bundled in from a corner and confirmed by VAR, 17 minutes from time, gave Spurs the victory on away goals. The trouble is, City thought they'd won it and without VAR, they would have been in the semi-final. So, is it good? Is it not? Guess what debate we're having a bit later on, yet again. Police are investigating the incident in the tunnel at Barnes this Division 1 match against Fleetwood at Oak. Well, don't laugh. Um, we're going to talk what we can talk about that because um, there is very little we can actually say, really. Crystal Palace goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy did not know what a Nazi salute was when he was charged with making an offensive gesture, say the Football Association panel. The charge was found not proven because the Welsh international didn't really know about Hitler and the Nazi regime and fascism. And we'll talk about that one as well. League Two leaders Lincoln City became the first club to win promotion to the English Football League in the English Football League this season by drawing at Cheltenham Town. Boss Danny Cowley has now guarded the Sinselbank site to two promotions and a Cheque Trophy win. And that's where our special guests come in because we can't talk about Lincoln City without catching up with the poor drawery, can we? And that's what we're going to do around about 20 past seven. Um, I'll come back to RHP Colts, Tony, because they've got four games to play. And they've got four games to play in about eight days. But, we'll, well, as I say, we'll, we'll come back to that one. VAR. I know your feelings. Okay. This week, in the wonderful world of VAR, Liverpool have been given a goal after the referee, first of all, disallowed it for offside. Barcelona had a goal disallowed after it originally was given the renters and ball was given by VAR yet many people in the game say 
and that was it was it hit his arm his arm was down by his side but it hit his arm and then it went in the net so is that humble i don't know and more to the point what is manchester city would have been through to the semi-finals if var wasn't in operation so once again and we're going to keep coming back to this i've got no doubt because if there's going to be 11 premier division games every weekend next season there's four incidents in three matches there Mm. and var i mean nobody's arguing that the city goal was offside but it took var to see it was offside so now is it the best thing since sliced bread or should we accept that manchester city were in the semi-final of the champions league and that's just the rub of the green i don't the var is rubbish the end there's no no need for debate it it doesn't work in football it works in cricket it works in tennis it works in rugby league and um you know that's it it's not for football I didn't see the match that night, but I, I read that um, Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola called it cruel. Tottenham manager said, this is why we love football. Both men lost their jackets in the bedlam of Raheem Sterling's disallowed injury time goal. The VAR ruled it offside and sending Spurs, as we all know that story. Spurs players was laid flat on the back. Sissoko even had walked down the tunnel in despair because he'd been substituted when it went in, and he didn't know what the heck was going off. Um, the Etihad erupted... Um, Pep had sprinted off down the touchline in celebration. <laughs> yeah. Then he looked at the big screen showing goal review, sank to his knees and put his head in his hands. The stadium <laughs> went silent. Then despair. Then the away end erupted. Can it get more dramatic than that? Well, or have we got our footboard onto theatre? I picked up my uh, youngest daughter from work tonight and she was telling me a lovely, lovely story. She is um, about to move in with her boyfriend, who is a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan. And last night they settled down in front of uh, BT Sports. Uh, Bethan's got no interest in no interest whatsoever in football, but uh, her boyfriend is a, t- a Tottenham Hotspur nut. And, so we don't know a lot about it either, then. And he's got a, a deal with BT Sports so that he could watch Champions League football with, with the, the Tottenham matches on it. And uh, he realised at 10 to 8 last night that his BT Sports subscription had run out. So he spent a hectic nine minutes on the phone uh, trying to renew this uh, thing and and wasn't, <coughs> wasn't able to get it renewed on the phone until about three minutes into the second half. And they kept hearing in the background of this sports report, and it's another goal! This must be the most incredible game in European football ever! And, and Bethan said the air was blue. I think I'd have told BT what to do with this sport, to be uh, quite honest. But uh, basically, uh, fortunately, the second half didn't let them down either. But it was, it was the most remarkable football match I've, I've ever listened to. You managed... You've sort of criticised VAR and that's fair enough and I, yeah, I, I, I know where you're that. coming from but the fact is without VAR City would be in the semi-final of a cup with an offside goal yeah is but that I, acceptable it's, I don't think um, if VAR was brand new and we're all going ooh does it work or doesn't it thing is we've had a season proven it doesn't why we're having another debate you know it, it doesn't work and okay, if you... I still suppo- don't think you've answered my question. If you support Tottenham, VAR is fantastic. If you support Man United and the playing Paris Saint-Germain, 
Yeah, VAR is terrific. If you support the other sides, no, it's rubbish. Why don't we just get good referees who know what they're doing? Well, now, that is another option that I don't think anybody's actually thought about yet. <laughs> um, that, th- that is the, that's the other option that, if this City goal was offside, why didn't the linesman, who was supposed to be one of the best in Europe, flag it? If I got £100,000 a year... He hasn't got a lot to do, has he? But referees get £100,000 a year... And all the rest of the perks, plus bonuses. You can't even count six when it comes to your umpiring. No, but, I mean, if you're going get, to get that sort of money, people go on about footballers getting yeah, so much yeah, money, yeah, so they yeah. should be good. Why aren't referees any good? Why do they need videos? Well, why did that linesman not... Anyway, um, which got me thinking the greatest matches I've ever seen in football, and I've seen... And I've thought about it, and I've thought about it long and hard, and I think probably the Forest-Cologne match when it ended up 3 all. Forest was sort of down in the European Cup and then they come back to lead 3-2 and then this Japanese substitute come on for Cologne and put the ball through Shilton's legs and the sun plastered all over the back page next day, Forest sunk by a Jap sub, <laughs> which I thought, you know, that's just my headline writing, that one is. It's, it's, <laughs> that's not Tony Smith's Telegraph headline writing. <laughs> Forest sunk by sunk by Jap sub, absolutely <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> Uh, and the the non-league match that I will die thinking it's the best match I've ever seen is the Wernton Simpsons Forsby Dave Smith yeah, yeah. cup final when from three 0 down at half time. That's why Dave Smith refused to come yes, on the show I'm because gorgeous, you're going to mention it the, for, no, for, incessantly for, for an entire hour. Incessantly, <laughs> I mean I'm sorry, but I will. <laughs> the best football headline I ever saw was when uh, Inverness Caledonian Thistle beat Celtic. And the headline was Super Cali are fantastic, Celtic are atrocious. <laughs> you see, if, if you work hard at them, um, very quickly, because we're not going to say a lot, because priest, it is a priest investigation, whatever went off in the tunnel between Barnsley and Fleetwood, <laughs> and the 44-year-old man who has been arrested and bailed is denying any responsibility whatsoever. Um, it's been a bad week for football. We don't need this. Can't that 44-year-old man be named legally? No. That'll be Joey Barton, then. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not allowed to mention politics either, am no, I? No, you're not. But, no, okay. no, so leave it alone. So I'll, I'll leave that alone, but... Um, but football don't need it. But, but, but... What, what, I mean, whatever a result, you win or you lose... You've got to shake hands at the end of the game and walk away. Kick the door when you go in the dressing room, headbutt the dressing room wall, do what you like. But in any realm of football, from flow serve on a Saturday to the Newark Alliance on a Sunday to Tottenham against Manchester City, at the end of the day, the managers have just got to shake their hands, even if they don't mean it. But, and walk away. But can you imagine if this 44-year-old man goes to, um, you know, sort of appeal... Careful. ...appeal about this. Yeah. And, uh, and and the person in charge of the appeal says, are there any previous incidents to be taken into consideration? Careful. Then that 44-year-old yeah. man really hasn't got a leg to stand on, has he? No, no, football doesn't need it. It really doesn't. And something else football doesn't need is that... <laughs> the Crystal Palace goal... I've, I've seen the photo... I don't know if you've uh, seen the photo. That, that, yes. I have seen the photo. 
Um, <laughs> oh, wow. The charge was what found not proven this month, and the Welsh, Inter- <laughs> and the Welsh International Hennessy will, will face no further punishment. The, the Regulatory Commission has published its written reasons for the decision. It said that, en- that Hennessy sowed a lamentable degree of ignorance about Adolf Hitler, fascism, and the Nazi regime. Mm. Now, that defence is worse than Fulham's. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm speechless. Well, for um, once, I'm, I'm absolutely speechless. But I mean, if that's the outcome, fair enough. That's what they've decided. I cannot. It's not for me to argue with. But again, is everybody intent on dragging football down? Well, it would seem that if that is the defence, then that is the case. You know, I mean, because that is just. Beyond, yeah. I mean, beyond words. Rugby, the rugby lads are joining in now with the Australian and and Vinapula. It's just I cannot understand <clears throat> when somebody is graced with a sporting ability, why they have to come down to. No, it's, it's crazy. It's, 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 it's just. It's just crazy. If if you are if 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 God has given you bags and bags of ability to uh, in sport. He doesn't necessarily think, right, then they don't need any brains. I've given them everything they can... You know, surely to goodness, it's a simple matter of sort of... Yeah. You know, I, you know, I just... It's, it's beyond belief. I went on an umpiring course at Trembridge for 11 weeks, and there are 42 laws of cricket, but the most important one is Law 43, which isn't in any books or anything like that, but Law 43 is common sense. And that seems to go out the window when it comes to sport, doesn't it? If, if that is Hennessy's defence, that is ridiculous. And they don't? I'm I mean, not... I know he's a footballer, but he must have gone to school occasionally. I'd, I'd not a believer in all this handshaking before the game starts. No. I think that's just nonsense. Yeah. I am a believer in doing it when the game is finished. You can berate your opposition for 90 minutes, but at the end of the game, it is a game. That's all it is. A game. Shake his hand and walk in the opposite direction if you don't like him. Yeah, Leave it at that. Uh, the, 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 the only time to avoid shaking hands is if, uh, if if the hand being proffered belongs to John Terry. Apart from that, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Alex McLeese has left his position as Scotland head coach by mutual consent. The Joking. Six, the 60-year-old took on the second How? spell in charge Why? on... In February, <laughs> um, and he's been under pressure because of poor results and performances. I, I feel for him because apparently he's not too well, and he's, he's. I'm not sure it was a job he should have taken on. But when I, when they come knocking on the door, it's probably very difficult to actually say. I've got a no. hot tip. Breaking news: I know how the Scottish Football Association operate. They've obviously previously appointed a man who has failed miserably. I reckon the next man for the job has got to be Alex McLeish. <laughs> I feel I, 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 I personally feel sorry for the man because he's um, he's been put in a very difficult position because Scottish football at the moment is not Scottish football, Welsh football, Irish football tends to go in circles. Doesn't it? You know, they they they, they seem <laughs> Irish to... and Welsh should agree with you. Scottish doesn't. <laughs> but they have a yeah, every now and again two or three decent players come along. I mean, yeah. it's happening with Welsh. I mean, Ramsey and and Gareth Bale and the others are hanging on to the 
Shirtails a little bit, but it makes it a decent team at the moment, doesn't it? If you look... And the same has happened with Ireland, OK, when Jack Charlton was... OK, I know if you went to Dublin on a stag weekend, you're Irish, but, you know, the, they've had their spot. If you go back long enough, I'm sure you can find a good result for Scotland. If you, if you look at the Scotland World Cup squad in 1974, they had some fantastic players in there. They were still rubbish as a team, though. Yeah, but they had some... It could have been different. It could have been, but unfortunately, um... But you know. the point I'm trying to make in all this is, is that, um, it does go. And, and at the moment, Scottish football is suffering the same as other countries' football, but when you're a small country like Scotland, you suffer more if you're bringing in the foreign players instead of looking in the back streets of Glasgow for the future. Yeah, I mean, the... the it, with most national sides, uh, form and success is cyclical. With Scotland, at least the consistent, they've always been rubbish. <laughs> and, and and really, that you, you can't argue any other way, bless them. I, I, I love them to bits, and I think the Tartan Army must be the greatest supporters outside the low fields in the land. For the simple reason, they've got nothing to celebrate. I went to a Hampden Park or a guided tour, and somebody said... Why do you want to go there? I said because it's, it's. I've always supported Scotland. That's that's you know that, that's their home home ground, their national stadium, and I really want to see the trophy cabinet. And someone said, "Why?" I said, "Because I've never seen a sixty foot dark blue carpet before." You know, it's, it's just um, it's just if you support Scotland, you've got to have a sense of humour. True, but I still feel sorry for for Alex McLeish. I think he was given a job that he. It's, it's almost unwinnable. I didn't realise he was suffering health-wise. He's suffering health-wise, but... Um, anyway, the, be yeah. the, the best to look to him, the best to look to whoever takes over, I tend to feel um, they're going to need it. Somebody who doesn't need any luck at all at the moment are, are Lincoln City, and they are just yeah. going. Um, and the conversation we've had time and time and time again is will they hang on to Danny Cowley and his brother, and they seem to be capable of doing that. So um, let's um, try and catch up with... Um, the man on the inside. But I bet they're relieved to turn down Ipswich Town, aren't they? <laughs> well, they'll be going to Ipswich next year, won't they? <laughs> so, in the season that Notts County may be dropping out of the Football League, Lincoln City are taking it by storm, and they are the first um, English club to gain promotion this season. Danny Cowley once again with the Midas Touch. That's two promotions, the Checky Trade Trophy. And if you take it further back, Braintree and Concord Rangers, he did exactly the same with them. He got them promotions. So it's not a one-club wonder. The man actually knows what he's doing. So I thought um, it's high time we caught up with Danny Cowley's press officer. Um, and Paul Drury joins us on the phone. Paul, welcome back to Radio Newark. Good evening, mate. Good evening, Tony. Hey, up, mate. Um, I take it... Um, well, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's just fantastic. There's no other way of putting it. Yeah, we're certainly living the dream at the moment, mate. No doubt about it. Uh, I'd like to see uh, the championship tomorrow at Carlisle. That would just be the icing on the cake. I mean, you've been there or thereabouts from day one of the season, haven't you? So have you had you worked out a long time ago this was a promotion season? Well, I hope so, because I put a tasty little bet on before the season kicked off so uh, I've been sweating for quite a while now um, but yeah I mean we've, we've only lost once since October in the league which is quite phenomenal really um, that was Boxing Day away at, at Crewe 
Um, we're now 19 games unbeaten in the league. We've only lost once this this calendar year, and that was at Everton in the FA Cup. So we're on a, we're on a good run of form. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's certainly something to to treasure. Uh, uh, are you going up to Carlisle, Paul? Yes, I'll be on the bus tomorrow good morning. Man. Yes, he does <laughs> half that, he, past he, seven early start. He does ask some daft questions. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, call yourself a fan. Uh, <laughs> how, how, how many? I, I, how uh, many did he take to Milton Keynes? Uh, five and a half thousand we took to Milton Keynes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Was, uh, I think we're taking, I think we sold about two and a half thousand, two thousand three hundred or something tomorrow, so it should be a good atmosphere wow. again. So yeah. a win tomorrow and your champions? A win tomorrow, no matter what happens to anybody else, we're champions, yeah. yeah. I can run down to a uh, certain little bookmaker in town and uh, knock on his door. <laughs> <laughs> all, 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 all the seasons supporting them, but all when it wasn't so good and you dropped out of the league and spent time in national league whatever they called it in them days um um but you stood by him and true supporters do do things like that they don't desert um and they enjoy the good times when they come round. and it's lovely to see that also the managers that was quite happy to take a team on when it was on its knees out of the league and i've i'm they must have had countless opportunities to go somewhere else at the time i'm not sure because the, the, it was their first season um at braintree um and they they took them to the um took them to the playoffs that first season um so i'm not quite sure how many offers that they had but certainly there was there was club sniffing around uh i'll tell you a little funny story i always remember i went to watch Lincoln play Braintree ironically that season at, at Sinsel Bank and we were sat in the main stands just right behind the dugout where Danny Cowley was obviously managing Braintree and I thought to myself at the time I thought you know this guy he's got something about him but what an absolute I can't say on primetime radio <laughs> what I thought he just Thank never you for the stopped having, yeah, <laughs> never <laughs> stopped having a go at the referee our manager anybody who'd listen he, he, he was into the rear but um, his enthusiasm then—it was just—you know—it was just so infectious. He was just just bubbling all the time. He was just after his players and chasing them and, and shouting at them, and directing them. Um, so yeah, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised when we got in the following season. But as I say, the, the rest is history now. How far can Lincoln go? Um, he's, he's always said he doesn't want to set targets. Um, he'll, he'll set like short-term targets. Uh, this this season was promotion. Um, next season, who knows? I mean, teams have, have gone up gone up from the um, from the division two up to the championship in consecutive seasons. Scunthorpe did it. Burton's done it. Um, so there's no reason why they can't. But uh, I think realistically, um, you know, next year, you know, maybe top ten playoffs would be would, would be good. With some big big teams going to be in that division next year, no matter who goes up. And uh, the the money from the wonderful FA Cup run as well has that been wisely spent yeah that's gone towards the training facility we've got, uh, got our own training um, ground again now um, we had to that was one of the um, casualties of, of relegation we had to, to get rid of that uh, we've got a state of the art training facility now out uh, opposite RAF Scampton um, so yeah that's that's been spent that way um, the, the club are pretty they're, they're very well run now um, 
by the the, the directors or they, they all bring bring their own little expertise to the board and um they're certainly not uh, not chasing the dream i mean there's too many clubs like you've seen berry and bolton and teams like that this year and macclesfield are really struggling to pay the players and go into administration hopefully we've been there <laughs> we've done that we know what it's like um so hopefully we won't we won't go down that route again it's fantastic paul we'll have a we'll have a new squash club chatting a couple of weeks three weeks when we get you in the studio but i Look couldn't i that. couldn't let tonight go without um a lincoln city chat <laughs> thanks best of luck tomorrow enjoy the carlisle sunshine thanks a lot Vic. cheers okay. bye 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 Porter there on on the road to Carlisle tomorrow. We, as while Paul was talking about training facilities, um, Boston United are having a new ground built. Hopefully, going to start it in the summer. Yeah, Boston United currently train at Shirebrook Town. Really? And they're moving next season to train at Doncaster's Keep Moat Stadium. So it's called Boston United. But doesn't that tell you where the players come from? I think Boston United used to train at the Grove Sports Centre, didn't they? I think a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, they did. You have to just keep your hand rubbing on that one, Tony. Tony's now going to go all electronic. Um, <laughs> and so anything could happen now while we uh, we sit back and listen to um, a blast from the past of Mr Smith's Sports Thoughts. The news of the passing of former Liverpool hardman Tommy Smith, the Anfield Iron, was another hammer blow to people of a certain generation, my sort of age, who can remember football when it used to be a contact sport. Ron Chopper Harris and Norman Bites Your Legs Hunter were not sobriquets that were handed out lightly. They did exactly what it said on the tin. They played in the days when men were men. You kicked lumps out of each other, jumped in the bath, slapped on the brute aftershave and then got outrageously drunk together. Proper football. On Saturday, I watched Belper United entertain Newark Flow Serve, and the young referee blew his whistle every time someone made the slightest contact with a member of the opposition. Or so it seemed. Don't get me wrong, I've been wonderfully blessed to have lived through some magnificent eras of football. I was six when England won the World Cup. I saw the Brazil of Pelly, the Holland of Cruyff, and Fergie's time at Man United and I am now relishing being part of the journey as Newark Flowserve climbed the ladder and put my adopted and much-loved hometown on the football map. So is it better these days when people play in slippers on bowling green surfaces as opposed to bloodbaths on mudbaths? Let's put it another way, in another sport. What gets people packed into Twickenham to watch Rugby Union? Is it touch rugby? or the sight of men mountains colliding. When it comes to the round ball game, I cut my footballing teeth watching Leeds United, so I may be a little bit biased. But give me the snarling bear pit atmosphere of last man standing football, where angels fear to tread, even those from hell. I prefer the days when Norman Hunter came off the pitch with a badly bleeding leg and had no idea who it belonged to. The days when the likes of Tommy Smith bestrode the land <coughs> and football was a better place for it. Rest in peace, Anfield Iron. So there you go. So is your football a blast from the the sixties and the and the seventies, or do you prefer your football now where 
quite honestly, you, you really can't talk, touch anybody. I don't know. I, I mean, the, those names that you mentioned are names I know and the names I can vaguely remember seeing on on television. The hardest player I saw on a regular basis was Stuart Pearce. Mm. Um, and of, of sort of international, national level, the hardest player I've seen on a local basis without a shadow of a doubt is Clive Coombs <laughs> um, <laughs> he would make Norman Hunter and Tommy Smith look, look like modern day footballers centre half or hitman disgust mm. well we'll ask that question next week when our two <laughs> esteemed guests yeah. our esteemed guests come in which will give me another chance to plug um, a special special next week because Tuesday and Wednesday of next week we'll be talking to Dave Hillier and Kevin Smith Hillier and Masgi to anyone and everyone of a certain age and a certain football vintage of the days when local football had something a little bit special the game finished at 20 to 5 you was a lad home from the Hillier and Masgi talking roughly about 10 o'clock I've seen mothers fetching their kids at 10 o'clock their kids who had played that afternoon mm. um because mainly there wasn't in a fixed state to walk out of Flosser's Club. <laughs> um, <coughs> but anyway, we'll talk about all that next week when those two come in. And there's lots of people want to join in and have a chat um, about them as well. So um, it's uh, it, it it should be good fun. It's football's loss that they're not involved in any way, shape, or form at, 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 at the moment. Uh, they tell me they've had their time, and it's time. I think it's time to move on. But in in, in honestly, that. In all honesty, they have had their time, and, and I've had my time in that sort of football. But um, I, I know you've not got a great deal of time for the guy, but Sir Alex Ferguson, his greatest strength was he was able to move with the times. So he was able to deal with people of one era, and then he was able to deal with the kids of another era and talk to them on the same terms, talk to them in the same language. I think footballers of a certain vintage like Dave Hillier and Masgi would be horrified at the footballers today in Sunday morning football and to a certain extent in Saturday morning football outside of the likes of people at Flowserve, at Newark Town, at Collingham below that you really are struggling to get any sort of commitment. And the other thing about football today is that most of the lads will not be standing around with pints. They'll be stood around with isotonic drinks. And after one of them, they'll say, cheerio, see ya. And football has changed irrevocably. Not for the better in any way whatsoever, but just for a sort of... It's a different pastime these days. And the purpose of our Wednesday nights... Next week, our Tuesday and Wednesday nights and the Golden Oldies is talking about sport, how it used to be, and God, I miss it. You called me a dinosaur last night. Yeah. Uh, You're if, even older if, tonight. If, if somebody could take, <laughs> could take me back to the days of the Deltics on the East Coast Main Line, the, <laughs> the, the Vulcans flying all night out of Waddington, and Dave Hillier in yet another 
man from Del Monte suit <laughs> orchestrated my Saturday afternoon and evening. I would go back there tomorrow. Mm. Gladly I would go back there tomorrow. I really would. Anyway, let's move on, because we've got all that to come next week. <laughs> um, last weekend, of course, and we are coming now to the dying embers, if you like, of the football season and the rugby season. Um, not much to go now, but still a lot to play for. Collingham under-18s um, won the Lincolnshire County Championship. They are the county champions. They beat Lincoln United. Actually, on Lincoln United's ground as well to make it all the better. Um, Fraser Cook, Tyra Coy scoring the match-winning goals. I mean, Paul Hyde and his son Dean have got... They're forming a footballing dynasty there. And, I, you know, I, I hope that the hierarchy at Cullingham can somehow magic that pitch mm. to go forward because if Flosev are playing step five next season Collingham really should be banging on the door and playing step six they are that good these youngsters are that good mm. they really are we went to um deepest derbyshire when we finally did find belper um and had a very nice afternoon at a wonderful ground with very nice home people who looked after us yeah um very polite very friendly Enjoyed the afternoon. Um, Blair Anderson and Danny Meadows scoring the two goals that kept Flosev on course for this successive promotion. But I learned a lot about Belper United. They haven't got their own ground. They've got very few people making sure the club works. But the one or two people that was there worked very, very hard. And thanks to Belper Town, um, whose ground that they play on, another club exists. And I thought to myself, well, you know... Is that such a bad idea that two clubs can share a mm. ground? It, it was it was a lovely, lovely afternoon and a thoroughly pleasant drive. And there and back, we put the worlds to right. Mm. And I, I just, um, you know, obviously we can't um, repeat on radio a lot of the things we did discuss. But I mean, the the the, the, the afternoon was absolutely superb. Great little ground, as you say, you know, a lovely um, hospitality lounge where, where we got looked after. It's very nice, wasn't it? Absolutely superb. Yeah. By a lad who had played for Belper United mm. until he was 45 and yeah. his legs gave up completely. It was a cracking football afternoon. But, um, as I say, the um, grounds like that are getting fewer and far between. And one thing we touched on last night about the problem of uh, grounds being looked after and dearly loved by uh, the people who uh, play the football, who officiate behind the scenes. And one th Kimberley Miners Welfare is another place. Cracking little ground, lovely to go to, but they've been very badly affected by break-ins, graffiti... They've been vandalised this year. Avaz, yeah. Tavisal, Avaz, Elkiston. Yeah. Oh, it's just... It's, it's, yeah, no, it's awful. Why? Awful. Why? Have people awful. not got any brains? Have people got nothing mm, better to no. do with the time? Simple answer to that, no. Absolutely crack. Um, no, Rugby Club ended their season with disappointment in... Uh, 47 27 i think that was an end of season last day of the season let's just mm. see who can run the furthest who can score most tries it didn't really matter um they're sitting back now and getting the feet up ready for a cup final in two weeks on saturday that's what it's all about being fit for that and david pipe started his 33rd mm. cricket season 33rd cricket season he was good value for money last night, Pipes, he wasn't he? He always is. Yeah. He's a good lad. And Collingham got off to a winning start in their friendly at, at Hearts home. So, um, 
a lot going off last weekend and our runners of course was in Paris um, and um, the wife was talking to a couple of them today who was in the Notre Dame less than three hours before the place was evacuated yeah um, you know it's you yeah. go over to Paris and you're, you're, ev- you're forever going to remember now aren't you that I was mm. in Notre Dame that afternoon it's a real shame about Peter Beardsley losing his second Yes, thank you. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> so, um, they was in, of course, Simon Knockout. Yeah. Uh, not fast man who told us he was going to knock over 30 minutes what, off what, his PB what, for a marathon and brought me not 40-something minutes what, off what, his... What a cracking effort off, that Off was. his PB for a marathon. So, so well done to him. Normally, I like to um, do a test Tony. Are you going to ask me about my golf? No. Um, <laughs> normally I like... To, I'm avoiding that. Normally I like to do a test Tony and I play a silly piece of music while I'm doing it. But when I started looking at this week, um, um, the 15th, Monday, um, was not only the anniversary of the Hillsborough disaster, it was also the anniversary of the Titanic sinking. So I thought, no, we're not going to play any silly, silly music. Was that also the 15th of April? Yes. Wow. I know. That's what I thought when I did it. And then I rechecked it. And, and it Good was, goodness. and I know we had to talk about Hillsborough on um, Monday. When I saw Dave Elliott sort of start prepping this show for next week, da- David had been listening to the show, and he remembers trying to find a, yeah. a mobile, but he, he, he also remembers the the walk back to the car. Nobody knew what the heck to say to each other. Yeah. Um, and that's his memory of the day, is the walk back, is, is, is the walk back to the, to the car. And everybody's got their own memory. From the forest end end of, of of that day, but it really yeah, um, you for once hit the nail on the head correctly. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when I said the other week, should 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 we have fences to stop these idiots coming oh, on the pitch? Yeah. And you said, "There's no no, we can't." And if anybody ever does suggest fences, mm. then you just mention Hillsborough. Yeah, you just um, and you can't, you cannot. You've got to find another answer to it. You, you, you have. But I mean, you know, we you, you have to learn in life. It's it's okay messing up big style, providing that you learn from it, and then that goes as a part of growing up. You, you, you know, human existence, full stop. But if we don't learn about fences from that day, Hillsborough, you know, there's, we, we never would. That was just that was just a horrible, horrible day for everybody, not just Liverpool people, but for people who'd gone there. We're in the red of Nottingham Forest as well. A horrible, horrible day. And there are some people today, many Forest fans I know today, who still can't bring themselves to talk about it. Mm. It's, it's... In, in the same week, and on the, the 17th of April in 2015, James Anderson become the highest ever wicket-taker in England's cricket history. Overtaking... <laughs> um, the professional journalist once again is struggling um ian botham yes well done yes yes he, o- overtaking the great sir ian botham so why is it not sir james anderson but again ian botham has done an awful lot since cricket for charity hasn't he an awful lot yeah but i mean um i think it's another debate this knighthood thing because the, 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 uh, the, 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 when you talk about sir bobby robson you're talking about knighted greatness. Yes. When you talk about, you know, some of the people who have Sir after their name these days, it's 
Mm. It's, it, it's, it's, it does it, make you wonder. It's, it's, it's difficult to say w w without being blooming rude, but it has belittled yeah. it, hasn't it? It, it has, it, it has. On the 17th of April in 1994, Brian Lara hit 375 runs in one day. Whose first-class record did he beat on that day for hitting 375 runs? And I'll give you a clue. Gareth Sobers. Yes, well done. Mm. Yeah. You see, you're, you're picking up here on the ball here, aren't you? You won't get this one. Who dropped him when he got about 11? Go on. From Collingham, wicketkeeper. Chris Scott. Did he? Mm. <laughs> He'll remember that one, won't he? And uh, Chris turned around to his slip cord and, and said, I bet the bugger goes on and gets his tongue now. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. In 1970... That's wrong. In 1875, what was invented by Sir Neville Chamberlain, a bored British army officer in India? On the 17th of April, 1875. You won't get it, so I'll put you out of your misery. Crossbar. The, the modern-day game of snooker. Oh! Was invented yeah. on, in, in 1875 by Sir Neville Chamberlain, who, of course, went on to meet Hitler and wave a piece of paper in his was it, um Was it in India? Yes. That's why I said a minute ago, a British officer in and, India. And, and what became the cue, uh, the snooker cue, the reason it's got a flat edge was because they used to... He invented the game while while they were prodding pigs or something on the floor. No, 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 no he just said just, he was just, bored on my It, it was something yeah. like that, yeah, so, so, so bizarre. One birthday this week, the 15th of April, 1960. Football manager who I would, for the second year running, put in the top two for manager of the season in the Premier League. Um, Spanish. Rafa? Yes. All right. See, I have this... I have this... being my bonnet about manager of the year. Pep will probably get it, or Potocino will probably get it, or... Klopp will probably get it. But what Rafa's done at Newcastle, and if Cardiff stop up, <laughs> yeah. probably more to the yeah, point, what Warnock's yeah, done yeah. at Cardiff, surely, surely mm. takes more... Than what they're doing with countless pots of money. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you if you're going to be looking at people who have done it against all likelihood, then it's only Poch and Rafa that are in the running, isn't it? Well, yeah, it is because Poch wasn't allowed to spend a penny, was he? No, and and yeah. and Rafa is just working for yeah uh, a, a despot. So you know, just, you know I, I, so and the, but I. I Love him or hate him, I think Neil Warnock, from what he's been through this year with, with the, the plane crash and the way he's conducted yeah, himself... Yeah, very much so. ...conducted himself after that, the way he stood on the pitch the other week when everything went against him and said absolutely nothing, I thought was hilarious. Yes, I don't suppose the yes. FA will and the referees will, but yeah. I thought was absolutely hilarious. But and he's had that many decisions, obvious blatant decisions go against Cardiff, you've got to wonder. But anybody who uh, totally transforms his character, totally transforms his character from being a snarling, nasty person in front of the TV cameras to a bloke who looks like your batty favourite, you, you, you sort of 
favourite batty uncle. Yeah. And he just grins and giggles his way through after match interviews on Match of the Day. Now, yeah. he's just a it's different brilliant. person. It's, it's, abso it's absolutely right. And another thing about Neil Warnock, if anybody's going on the sentimental side of things, his wife has just uh, battled back from cancer. His wife has had a long fight against cancer, and the Cardiff City fans have been chanting her name at, at, at home matches and away for all I know but they've been chanting her name and Neil Warnock was visibly moved when he was telling the story and said I can't think of anybody else whose wife has had their name chanted by a group of supporters and he's a Sheffield United fan through and through and then spent some you know well uh, documented time at, at, uh, at, at, at Bramall Lane as a manager but he says Cardiff City Cardiff City people are a different gravy, and, and full credit to the club. I hope he yeah. gets the man of the match. I, I hope they stay up, I, I, and, and, I, I, and he gets man of the match, really and then he gets yeah. the, the manager of the season. He won't, but he should. No. Because the football people don't... But, don't if it's any me. consolation to the lad, he gets the Radio Newark votes. He does, he most certainly And does. I ask you, what, in, what at the end of the day really counts? And I tell you what, to get the Radio Newark vote above <laughs> Rafa, he really, he really <laughs> does do well. <laughs> And that leaves us to find out what's going off over the Easter weekend. And really, it all sort of boils down to football, because it's a massive weekend for two teams. It's a massive weekend for Newark Flow Surf, mm. and it's a massive weekend for Gary Atwood's RHP Colts. Um, I'm going to start with the Colts. Um, they won... Today is the 16th... Uh, I'll, I'll get lost. Today is the 18th. 17th. 18th. 18th, is it? Yeah, yeah. Right. So, tonight, um, Rushians are playing RHP Colts. Um, that's the Edinburgh Derby, the Glasgow Derby, the Manchester Derby, whatever you like. These two teams have come through the ranks fighting each other. Not literally, but, you know. And, and Rushians have got the upper hand up until about last time round, and then it's the pendulum swung a little bit towards Gary's side. But an away match at Rushians is always is always difficult then on the on sunday they've got another away match they travel to skegness which gary had always organized as being the last match of the season um so it's skegness away on the sunday but it's not the last match of the season because the team that really is gonna put the fly on the ointment of god's rhp are a team called grimsby Grims, Grims, grimsby borough and they should have played each other the other Sunday, but Grimsby called it off for whatever reason. So, of course, then it had to go to a night match. So, Gary has got to get a team to Grimsby on Wednesday the 24th for an half past six kickoff. So, it's a school night, <laughs> and he's got to get to Grimsby for an half past six Dear kickoff. Now, I, I would hate to say that Grimsby are playing the system, and but that's what it smacks off to me it takes half past six to get out of newark on a, a wednesday a, a, exactly if he wins all four oh well if he wins the three that's left they are the champions and nobody can stop him but to have to go to rushton's to skegness and to grimsby is going to take an awful lot if he does it he's up there with collingham his team of the season there's absolutely no doubt about that well, if he does it, forget Neil Warnock. Um, <laughs> there is an own match to come right at the end as well, but get through them unscathed, mm. and then it absolutely is fantastic. So it's a big few days for Gary Atwood and his under-15s. It's a massive Easter for Newark Flowserve. Simply, if Newark Flowserve win at Renneth on Saturday, Saturday 
and win at West Bridgeford on Monday, they are at least assured of second place in the East Midlands counties table. By my mathematics, it should also ensure that they finish in the top nine of the runners-up section, although that changes every single week. But it will ensure that they're going to finish runners-up. That's without a shadow of a doubt, points-wise at least. Mm. Um, so it's a massive weekend for a club that has spent its almost entire career playing out of the pyramid or in step seven and this is the first season in step six and if they win at Renniff and if they win at West Bridgeford and on current form and with all the players coming back that they've got coming back they should be they should win both games mm. um, and then they're steering promotion step five and the joys of Tadcaster and Bridlington and Barton Town and places like that to go to of which we've dreamt about and never thought we would ever, ever see. Um, so we're going to have to embrace it if it happens and all everybody, and this is the point now, everybody will have to get behind them and help them and do their bit and be with them because like Lincoln City, they're getting in with the big boys now. Hmm. Can you imagine... Bridlington away on a Wednesday night and then you got to Lollipop on Thursday morning, that's going to be tough. Mm, it is going to be tough, but you're going to have to get used to it. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not going to say anything. Let's just see what happens over the next two days. I'm not going to preempt doom. Um, let's just hope they can go to Renneth and go to West Bridgeford and get those two victories and that's assuming that Shield of course carry on winning the interesting thing in all this one is the last match of the season is Selston champions elect v Sherwood the only team at this current time that can catch Flosir so maybe maybe Sherwood can do Flosir a favour or maybe Selston can do Flosir a favour yeah I'm sure who knows we've got to get to the 27th for that one yet well, I've met the Selston lads I'm sure they're up for doing new Flosir a favour if they've got to win it themselves, they're going to do. If they've got to win it to be the champions, they're going to do flow serve a favour, aren't they? <laughs> because they're going to stop. They, they, they're going to stop. Um, yeah, it's, um, in the track. So it, it, it's an intriguing it's, it's, eight or nine days to go of this football season for more than flow serve, for more than um, for more than Gary Atwood and and the RHP Colts because L Long Bennington need one victory to be under-18 champions of the Knotts Youth League. The only team that can catch them are, are Skeg Bay. Um, and this weekend's match sees Newark Town under-18s at home to Skeg Bay. So Long Bennington's local rivals can help them immensely <laughs> <laughs> to win the championship. It's, everywhere you look, there's a little sort of quirk in all this, isn't there? Yeah. And then we get to next Thursday night, and it's Farndon against Long Bennington in the league. So Long Bennington may need to go into that match needing to beat Farndon. And, of course, Farndon themselves think they're going to finish second in the table. The, wherever where I look at the moment, this is why they call it the business end of the season. Mm, I, I, I think Farndon versus Long Bennington has got an outside broadcast written all over it. <laughs> I think you're probably right. <laughs> um... <laughs> What else is happening this weekend? Well, Collingham are playing Dronfield in, in Collingham's last match of the season. They're assured of a third-place finish, which is 
absolutely a fantastic achievement for what really is a bunch of kids. Mm. It, it really is a fantastic achievement. South will play Stapleford in the Notts Senior League. Stapleford champions elect friends of yours. Um, and um, <laughs> this one is actually a cup final preview because the trophy that Flo serve won last year at Baseford, it's between Southwell and Stapleford. This time again at, at Baseford, so it will be interesting to see um, who wins who, who wins the preview, so to speak. Southwell are playing again on Tuesday night. Um, they are away to Keyworth. Collingham are at Hucknall in a friendly cricket match on Saturday, whereas there's also cricket, if you want to cricket your thing, Callum Road, because Newark and Newark 11 are playing a, a Collingham 11, which is probably the easy way of putting that. Um, but yeah, whatever you're looking at, it's going to be a nice warm sunny day, and if football's not, not, not your sport, have a trip down to Newark's ground at Callum Road and a, a wander around there. Yeah, it's... Um, the, 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 the cricket season is, is very, very nearly upon us, and I spent uh, a very... I'm going to get this in. I spent a very pleasant day with the new second 11 captain yesterday at uh, Noah Park Golf Club, and uh, we, we, we had a tremendous time. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Right. Um, um, Ed Howell, I'm in shock. Ed, Ed Howlett is at Birmingham for an international um, there. And um, Stock Car Dave, our very own Dave Shaw. Oh, yeah. He's, a, he's got a busy weekend. He's at Stoke on Saturday, and assuming he doesn't crash, he's at Northampton on Monday. I don't think crashing is his problem. It's, it's, it seems to be his engine, doesn't it? Seems to be the engine, doesn't it? Yeah. I, don't um, think, I think that's Marilyn's department, isn't it? I, you you want to blame her? You blame her. Um, it's the all-clubs run on Sunday from Rumbles. They start there, and again, we spoke the other night with, with Peter, didn't we? And how mm. uh, fantastic it is to see all the clubs joining together. And it's the Knotts Easter 10K at Wollerton Park on Monday. Peter Sunday? is absolutely Monday? unique. Monday. Monday. It, it, it's it great, to, great to see him, but he's absolutely unique because he's the only man who has ever given me a medium T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, and thought it would fit. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him, but, um, uh, no, I, I love it when Peter comes in. We've had two cracking guests this week, haven't we, Peter and, uh, yeah. Peter and Pipes, eh? <laughs> Peter and Pipes are coming in to see us, and, of course, you can catch up on the podcasts of both of them when they get put on to our system, hopefully sometime over this Easter weekend. And don't forget, if you missed the Dusty Hair one, which was an absolute mm. sports mm. show classic, um... I thought Tony was outspoken. Crack. Um, um, an absolute sports show classic. You can listen to, to Dusty as he um, he pulls the RFU apart, he pulls New York Rugby Club apart, and he pulls everybody apart, really. So that's well worth um, well worth listening. Next week, one final reminder. We're not here on Monday. It's bank holidays. We don't do bank holidays. We're too posh to do bank holidays. Um, Tuesday and Wednesday, it's a mega hillier and Masgi special. We'll I, talk, we'll I, th talk. I think Dusty was so controversial we should actually not name him but call him a 66-year-old man. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> Masgi's goal, Hillier's suits, the RHP quadruple, the legendary after matches. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. And you can't wait either. It's Dean Anderson coming up next.